Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire women. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Hey, welcome to Sky Women. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Join me as I have the privilege of talking to Samantha Stewart, the pharmacist and DFW style and beauty blogger, and the voice behind Style of Sam. We talk about everything from pharmacy, education, infertility, adoption, fashion, and following your passion. Let's get started. Well, welcome to Sky Women Podcast. Um, absolutely. So I have seen you in passing back and forth with kiddos and um, you are always like put together looking great and all the moms are super envious because we're in our workout gear <laughs> or I'm usually like post call in my scrubs. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. <laughs> So let's just get started. So you are a pharmacist, you are a wife and a mama, and you're trying to balance all of life's things, but you're also this awesome fashionista and you have gone like full fledged and created this business out of this passion you have. And I would love you to just kind of walk me through your journey. Okay. Well, um, it's, it's not, I guess it didn't start off like as a business. So basically a long, long time ago, um, while I was, um, what was I doing? I was in pharmacy school and my husband was a resident. Um, all of our friends were having children, they had kids and they all had blogs. Um, and so we didn't have a blog because we didn't have any children. Cause that's kind of, that was like the way you kept up with everyone. Um, it was like a lot different back then blogs were. And so, so everybody was documenting about their kiddos on their blogs, yeah, their family. Okay. It was like okay. family. It was almost like Facebook, but a blog. Right. Um, Got it. And so they were all documenting on their blog and they told me I should start a blog, but I should start a blog about my um, infertility journey. So, cause we were having a lot of trouble having kids. Um, and so that's what they wanted me to blog about. And I started the blog. It was called my friends want me to blog blog, um, but I didn't, I didn't really feel comfortable blogging about, um, that honestly, I know, you know, people have, and now I kind of wish I would have shared more about how I felt at that time, but it was really like very emotional and very raw. And I, sure hard for me exp to express myself like verbally. I mean, I was just like an emotional wreck basically. Sure. So, um, I, it was hard for me to do that. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna do fashion. So I just started just, we were in Germany for my husband's fellowship. So I just kind of randomly started then. Um, and then we came back and I was working, um, full time and doing this. And so I just, it was kind of on the side, like every once in a while. Um, and we went further along our infertility journey and, um, I mean, nothing was happening. Like, so I ended up, I started working part-time because, you know, um, <laughs> when you go through infertility, you get a lot of people tell you a lot of different things and give you a lot of different advice. And 
a lot of people were saying, maybe you're too stressed out. You should just work part-time. I was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe, sure. that's, maybe that's it. I don't know. So that's I started right. working part-time and then that's when I started ramping up the blog um, and doing it a little bit more. Cause I've been working since I was 16. So I, I felt like I needed to do something if I wasn't right. working all the time. Right. Uh, and that's when I started the blog. And then I like, once I was doing it more consistently, I changed the name to Style of Sam. And then that's kind of how this got started. Yeah. It's kind of taken off. Uh, well, I don't know about that, but it's still a lot of fun to do. <laughs> so I want to back up in your story a little bit. So going to pharmacy school. All right. So some people may say, Hey, I've always wanted to be a pharmacist. What's that journey look like? And then I saw that you mentioned about a fellowship. Pharmacists do fellowships. I didn't realize that. So kind of talk well, to us a little bit about that. So I wanted to do, um, I actually was between veterinary medicine and pharmacy. Um, and then I ended up choosing pharmacy. Um, and at the, at the time you had an option um, where I think you could do two years of undergrad and then four years to complete your doctorate. But I did all four years. So I got my bachelor's of biomedical science and then um, I worked for two years and then I went to pharmacy school. Um, it was, I, I was really determined to do it, but it was very difficult because I would say I just did um, like okay in undergraduate school. Right. Um, and I got into pharmacy school um, at UT and a couple of other, um, I applied to state schools only. Um, and then, but I got denied at the University of Texas. So you have to you have to be accepted into both the the pharmacy school and the University of Texas. Like both. I so I had to appeal for that. And then I did get in, but then also um, because I'd been working, I um, didn't really qualify for loans because I made too much money, but I didn't really make enough money to really to afford pharmacy school, <laughs> afford pharmacy school and like not work. Yeah. Um, so that was like, it was, it was great because I really, really wanted to do it. So I just, I made it happen. Like You're I determined. Yeah, I'm determined. So I made it work and it's a great, it's actually um, a really great career for females because, you know, there's a lot of different opportunities. Most people think of hospital and um, retail, but you can do nuclear, you could do, um, um, I'm sorry, the, the thought is escaping me, but like, um, like Eli Lilly, like, like with um, the bigger brands. Mm -hmm. there. So there's a lot of different options. And then I did a pharmacy practice uh, residency. Um, okay. And so there are one-year residencies, which is what I did. There are two-year residencies, and there are also fellowships, which are even more specialized. So I did that. And most places now, um, it's actually interesting because with pharmacy, there it's really saturated, and it's actually hard for a pharmacist now to get a job, which is really oh, wow because there's been such a pharmacist shortage for so long. But um, normal, a lot of places are requiring that you have um, pharmacy degree and then also at least a residency, like depending if you're trying to get into a hospital clinical position. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So you have been a practicing pharmacist and I'm sure that's evolved as family and priorities have yes. shifted over years. So now you're working in a hospital setting. Yeah. So I've been in hospital the whole time. I've been okay. clinical the whole time. Um, and then, but now, um, especially with COVID, lots of things have changed. So I'm just working one weekend a month. So very PRN. <laughs> right. Right. But it gives you an opportunity to get, to use your brain, your professional brain, right? <laughs> Yes, it does. It does. It gives it's a little bit of sanity to feel like oh, yeah. sure. 
it's yeah. like, um, I love, I love my job and, um, it's, it's great when I go to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get that a hundred percent. Mom life is a hard life sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you did your, your fellowship or your residency and your husband is a physician as well. And he did his fellowship in Germany. Uh, yeah. So he's an orthopedic surgeon and he did, um, his residency at Scott and White. And then we did a fellowship in Houston and then he did a second fellowship, like a mini fellowship in Germany um, for like uh, lower extremity trauma. Okay. So you guys are in Germany and you're in the middle of your infertility journey. Yeah, we basically had to pause because there was no way, like, we yeah. had started in Houston, um, yeah. and and then when we went to Germany, we just put that on pause because, you know, there's, I mean, I, where we were living, they really spoke German there. There wasn't a lot of right. English. Like, if we were in Berlin, it'd be a different story, but it was Dresden, so, and I could, I was trying to get along, but, I mean, I was barely able to get along with right. my German, so. We just put it on pause until we came back to Fort Worth. Yeah. Okay. So are you comfortable talking about your infertility journey now? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. So kind of walk us through that. You decide you're ready to start a family. and right. So we're in Temple. I've gone white. We're ready to start a family. Like all of the other residents and um, everyone else is getting pregnant. And we're like, what water are we drinking? Like obviously not the same water. Right. We've just been trying for a while. And then. Basically, we were, um, I think I, at that time, I might have seen my OBGYN, and I, I think everything, I didn't really, I don't think I mentioned it, and I think when we moved to Houston, I was like, I think at that time it had been about a year, and nothing had happened, mm -hmm. or something like that, maybe over a year, so that's when I was like, okay, maybe we should do something about it, so there I went to uh, an, a fertility specialist, and that's when they were doing a lot of diagnostics inject the dye into your fallopian tubes uh -huh, to make sure your fallopian tubes are patent yeah yeah sure. and sometimes they said it's it's diagnostic but sometimes it actually Could be therapeutic. Yeah, therapeutic. Yep. we did that there was nothing going on um and i think at that point i think because of work i didn't really get much done and then we went to germany and then i picked okay. up basically because i think we did some tests on my husband and there were blood tests nothing um, nothing going on. And then when we, we told our, um, physician that we were going to be going to Germany and going to Houston. So he recommended someone in Dallas or sorry, we're, we're going to D Fort Worth. So then he recommended someone in Dallas that he knew of. So when we were in Fort Worth, that's when we picked up the fertility journey right. and I was driving to Dallas. Um, so he got worked up, you got worked up and it was basically, Undetermined, like yeah, undetermined. yeah that thirty percent that falls into we don't know why. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and then mm -hmm. the same, like we, same. I think um, she had like t taken what tests I've done, and then I think we did tests on him, and it there was undetermined again. Okay. And like this was at that point, I really liked her, but honestly, like at one point, I was driving with like a like a cup of sperm in my bra on the way to Dallas to keep it right. warm. So I was like, right. I can't do this. Like, I really can't do this. So I found a, a physician in Fort Worth who's amazing. Yeah. Um, Dr. Kaufman. And then, yeah. so then I picked up with him. So I ended up doing three rounds of IUI and three rounds of IVF. And okay. I don't, 
remember when I started what, honestly, because it's sure it's been over seven years. So right. But that journey, how many years was that journey? Because it's a, such an emotional journey to go through infertility. Yeah, it was, it ended up being because I guess of all the stops and starts, like yeah. over seven years, it was like wow. a long time and um, it was a long time. And so by the time, like after doing all the IVF and then finally adopting, like all of that took over seven years. Right. So, so what are the worst things that somebody said to you while you were going through infertility? Cause I'm um, sure you have a litany of, <laughs> I did a talk, I did a talk on infertility and actually one of the things people say things and they all mean well, and I know yes. that one of the things that was said was that, you know, maybe you're just not meant to be a mom. And that was like really hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was like the ultimate. Uh, That's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. That was maybe like everyone yeah. else would say, oh, you need to do, you know, you need to try this or that. And right. I was fine because I know people are just trying to help. But like yeah. that, that one comment where I felt like was like, maybe, maybe that one. Burn. Yeah. That was, not an that was like, not, not cool. No. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So then when did you come to the real, like y'all just said, okay, we're going to try to adopt. What, what was that journey like? Yeah. So after we, um, after the third round of IVF, we were just like, we're going to take a break. Or I was like, yeah. I got to take a break. Like emotionally, yeah. my body's yeah. so crazy. Just I'm not carrying sperm around in my bra anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly. All of that. And my husband was like, you know, maybe we can, we could consider, um, adoption. And, you know, Dr. Kaufman had gone through some other options with us too, but I think at the time I was really set on like us having our children. Right. So all of that was put on hold and, um, we started doing, um, a natural family planning type method with the Catholic church. Yep. Somehow it was discovered that maybe I had endometriosis. So I had surgery for endometriosis. And then after that, the doctor was like, you can have babies. And I was like, I don't really care. I'm not having babies. We're just going to do adoption. Like my husband had mentioned adoption and it was, I was, you know, I had to be thinking about it and looking sure. at things. And all through that time when I was trying to think about it, I went on a mission trip and I met an adult who had been adopted when he was seven. Um, and then I met all these other people who had been adopted and it was almost like God was putting them in front of me yeah. Hear about it. And so basically after that, um, endometriosis surgery, endometriosis surgery, which is like, we're, I'm glad that my body is like, you know, healed or whatever, but I'm going to adopt. We're going to adopt. So you so didn't, so you just, you were set on adoption and you didn't yes. try to get pregnant after no, that. No, I mean, wow. Wow. I, so it's almost like, was it preparing your heart over that time to like yeah, take sure. this journey? For sure. Cause I was like, I'm not relying on my body. Like it's obviously yeah. not working. I'm just, yeah. you know, I can, I can, we can adopt. And that was, yeah. yeah. And it really was almost like preparing my body, but also like meeting all these people was repairing my heart and my mind. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so when you decided to adopt, did you go through an agency? Like, did. how did you pick what to do? Mm -hmm. We did. I talked to a couple of different friends who, who had adopted and, um, I did interview a couple of different agencies when, um, and there were, you know, you just kind of have to find an agency that's right for you, but we ended up going with a, a smaller agency in Dallas, Hope Cop. Hope Cottage. Um, mm -hmm. We had interviewed here in Fort Worth and I interviewed a place in Kansas that was 
I guess like on the phone, I don't know. It was, and I didn't feel comfortable because it almost felt like it was a car transaction. They're like, you just fill out the paper. Right. And, you the right. baby. and I was like, this is right. really weird. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with this. So we ended up, I interviewed a different, a lot of different agencies and um, went through them. Cause I know that you can go through private adoption with a lawyer. And I just, I just didn't want anything to be messed up. And I wanted someone who knew what they were doing because I sure. don't know. We didn't know what we were doing. Right, right. You needed somebody to hold your hand through the process. Yes. yes. Sure. So would you say that it was pretty seamless? Yes. I mean, I, I would say so. And I don't know if it's just because I was so excited to adopt. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know if that's why, but I was like, paperwork? I can do paperwork. Like, this, yeah, I can do paperwork can all do day long. <laughs> I can do a book. I mean, like, I got through pharmacy school. I can get through this. Like, you yeah. know, like, I was so excited because I was like, it's not my body holding me back. It's just like paperwork. And yeah. like, things you have to do, which I could do. So um, I felt like it was pretty seamless. They, they were really good about explaining all steps of the process. Like, um, I mean, you know, I know there's a waiting period, um, but ours was relatively short. Um, yeah. And I was like, I'm trying to remember if ours was either two months or six months. Cause I can't remember if I'm remembering. It's relatively short. Yeah. yeah. Because through an agency, um, another agency, it was at least a year to a year and a half minimum. Yeah. This agency is smaller. And so it ebbs and flows. So it, it may not be, it may be longer, but you don't know. Right. Um, and ours was relatively short. Um, and then for a second, it was like, like extremely short. It was, we find the paperwork was finalized. And I think like two weeks later that we were called. So I mean, it was like super short. Wow. So you're like, we're ready to have a baby. Here's my paperwork. Hey, we have a baby. <laughs> yeah. And actually they had warned us like before we turned in the paperwork for the second, uh-huh. like, just to let you know, things have been moving super fast. So just so you know, and we're like, oh, really? So we weren't, we actually kind of held off on doing everything. And she's like, it may not be, the, it may not be the case when you turn your paperwork in, but just so you know, that's been the case recently. And so we actually did wait longer. I think we waited like six months or something, but it still was, I guess, at that time, a fast time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So you have two children and they are how many months apart? They are, they're three years apart. Oh, three years apart. Okay. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And how old are they now? Seven and four. Oh, fun. It's a fun age. <laughs> it is a fun age. Four has been a crazy age, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even more so than three, do you think? Uh, yes. 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 And I don't know if it's because of COVID or, I mean, I really don't know because my youngest, she's so sweet, but she's acting a little crazy. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Well, COVID certainly hasn't um, helped a lot of that. Yeah. (laughs) So when did you go to just weekends or just, you know, working very PR in? Oh, so basically I was working, um, when I started working part-time is when I told you we were doing that last round of IVF mm-hmm. and then I was just working part-time the whole time, but basically I was working like four days a week. So almost mm-hmm. full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I, um, I decided, I forgot, like basically after we had turned our paperweight work in to like change positions. So I went from one hospital to another. So I was basically working back to full-time because I was working part-time at the other hospital and training right. at another. Right. But then, but as soon, um, and I told them they knew that I was, our paperwork was filed and we were waiting to hear back. Um, 
And so it could be any time, kind of like when you're pregnant, you're paper yeah. pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> you were expecting. Um, and basically, and and she knew, and I told her that I was interested. I interviewed for a PRN position, and so as soon as um, my son was born, went on maternity leave, and then when I came back, I was PRN, but I was a set PRN. So I was I was working like set days every week. Right, right. So you got maternity leave with an adoption. So you got babies from the time they were born. You had them yes. as newborns. So my first, we we um the birth, we met the birth mother, uh-huh. and she scheduled a C-section because she wanted us there. Uh-huh. So basically, she had the C-section, and then he was placed with us. Um, wow. Yeah, and then with my second, she was in um, what they call TLC, tender loving care. So she was with foster care for three weeks, um, just because. Uh, that agency, if there's anything considered high risk, they usually will place a baby with foster care until um, there's, like, basically, if they, they don't have anything about one of the um, the partners, the, the, they're in Texas, the father. There's a waiting period. Yeah, there's right. a there's a period where they can claim that that's their baby. And so they were just trying to leave the baby with the foster parents until that time ended. Um, yeah. But the foster parents were actually going on vacation, um, and they didn't want to place her with another foster family and then the, her forever family. So they placed her with us. And so, and they did that with us because they knew that we had already gone through the process and they told us, you know, they told us about that week period that anything could happen. And I think with adoption, you always have to be what sort um, cautiously optimistic. Yes. So we, um, they, since we were a second time family, they were comfortable placing her with us. Wow. Yes. So when you have that, she was three weeks old when you got her. So still infancy. So whenever you finally get that final paperwork, is there like a sense of relief? You know, I guess so. I, cause like people celebrate gotcha days Yeah. um, and that's when the paperwork is finalized and it's really exciting for us. But basically as soon as they were placed with us, Mm -hmm. they were mine. I mean, so I I know it's like, yeah my babies as soon as they were with me so I guess sure I mean I know that those are those are really those are they those are really important days but they were they were my babies as soon as they were with me now that we have them I would never wish for anything different you know I you know because whenever we were trying to get pregnant I was like oh you know what's this baby gonna look like blah 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 all these things now I was like there's no way I could ever imagine anything else because even though they may not be biological, they're just because they're in our home and their traits and characters, they're certain, sure. they're just like us kind of and not, it's funny. Yeah. Like nature versus nurture. Absolutely. <laughs> nature versus nurture for sure. Um, so you talked a little bit about choosing, you know, to kind of go down this road of, of fashionista and, and, you know, that passion in life, which I just love that you're about educating and inspiring women to dress the way they want to feel and that you're never too old for fashion, <laughs> which is phenomenal. The more, the older I get. <laughs> I guess I think it's like a really fun thing. I know some people, maybe um, if they don't have a good experience, they get, they dread like getting dressed, but I think it's so fun. And yeah. More, put on makeup and get dressed. I don't know. <laughs> For sure. It is. It is. But having somebody who's like inspiring us, like, so sometimes I find myself like, I don't even know how to 
accessorize. You know? And so like looking at your blog for um, inspiration, you know, and I love how you've kind of linked it into pharmacy with, you know, pick your prescription. You know? It's so cute. I love, well, I'm like, I consider myself a pharmacy nerd. Yeah. Like, that's my drug of choice. I know. But I and so now, how do you use this, this blog, this platform that you've created um, in, you know, just in, in the community and in, in your networking and um, has it developed into a business for you? Yeah. I mean, it has um, this, it has, I would feel like during COVID, it's gotten kind of a little bit strange just because um, trying to do some of the same things I was doing for the blog for work has, there's been some challenges just with like childcare, like both children were at home. Sure. I was doing virtual school for a while. Now right. I still have one child at home. Like, so thing, you know, that's been a little bit challenging, but I guess it's been a great way to kind of basically like showcase brands that I think are amazing. Like we have a lot of local Fort Worth brands that are great. Um, and it's neat because they're in Fort Worth, but they're known like worldwide, like Tribe Alive. And, you know, we have sustainable brands and brands that do really good, um, like Worthy Co. How basically women and they're learning a trade and you're, you're helping them by buying pieces from them. So I guess oh, I like wow. to showcase like brands that are doing good. Also, give inspiration on like what's in style, how to wear things. And then just, um, I mean, I guess, I guess that's one of the things also with my blog, it's been really neat because I've gotten to meet people who I wouldn't normally meet through the blog and, sure. with them and things and things like that. Right. And you were ambassador for Neiman Marcus this last year. Oh yeah. That, that was had so to be a <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> well, yeah, because obviously, like, I love Neiman Marcus, and I was shopping there, like, you know, I was already shopping there, so it was, when they asked me to do this, like, to be a part of this campaign, I was like, uh, yes, um, of course, I would love to do this, yeah. it was really fun, and basically, it was just to make people aware that they have the Encircle card, and you get so many great benefits with it, which I already kind of, I already knew, because I was using it, but right. just spread the word about that um and kind of make it spread the word but in a fun way you know right uh, make yeah. it more approachable yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and I and I think that's the thing like I I love Mimi Marcus but I know even some of my work my co-workers give me a hard time they're like oh my gosh Sam like Mimi Marcus I'm like you guys you can find great makeup there you they even carry bobble bar you have no idea like I know it could be intimidating because I know um, I didn't really set foot into a Neiman Marcus until and I, I was an adult and I was always like, oh, it's a really fancy store. Right. Can't afford anything in there, but everyone in there is super nice and they have like things at different price ranges. They have a lot of really, I mean, they have a lot of really nice things. It's very nicely um, curated and edited. Right. And they are very helpful when you need to find something very specific and yeah. in a pinch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think so. I feel like their customer service is great. Like excellent. Yeah. So what do you think has been like the, the, the best part of this journey in like following your passion and creating this blog and, you know, growing an Instagram following, like what is it that, you know, keeps you coming back? I think it's the people like you get to meet, like I said, I mean, if I was just like working and then coming home and doing whatever, I wouldn't meet so many people. Um, right. Like I would, I would meet my people at work and then, you know, um, 
maybe some of the kids' friends, but honestly, I've gotten to meet so many people I wouldn't have gotten to meet if it wasn't for the blog. And that's what's so amazing because you get to meet people and hear their story and learn about people. And I think that's what makes it so great is because I have, it's almost like access to this whole other world of people that I wouldn't normally get to meet. And in your everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and like, it's really cool because I feel like you're doing something that's your passion. Like you are a physician, but you're like, you have a podcast. I mean, like, this is, I think that's just really cool. And like, we get to talk because our kids were at the same school, but honestly, I, we may not, I may not have been on your podcast if you didn't know, like if you didn't see I had a blog, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I feel like it's- yeah. No, I want some of your fashionista. I'm like, hey, <laughs> well, that's teach just, me, Sam. <laughs> I, I feel like it's just been like really a great way to meet um, different yeah. people. Oh, I get that. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of practicing medicine is the stories that I learn. I remember patients' stories. I may not remember their name, but I remember their story down to the detail because it is really fascinating. You know, people let you into windows and in my particular circumstance, you know, in some of the hardest times in life, you know, some of the most, the happiest and some of the hardest. Um, and so, yeah, sharing in those stories and meeting women, it's great. And you know, just like your pot, your blog and this venture has opened avenues for you. For me, doing the podcast gets me outside of the exam room, like how, and going on social media for me at first, I was like, why would I do this? And then I, you know, is it really professional? <laughs> and then I decided to just throw those notions out the window and say, you know, this is how I can reach more than one patient in the exam room. Right. And women want to, want to relate. We want to connect. We are, you know, social beings. And if in any way this podcast can help women to hear real stories and to feel inspired, then, you know, I've done a great job. It's a great day. <laughs> you share, I feel like you share really great information on your social media, on your Instagram. Like, I feel like it's really great information, like educational. It's, it's good. Thanks. It's a work in progress. <laughs> I do feel like I honestly do understand what you're saying because yeah. for the longest time I never told anyone at work and I kept it a secret because I was like, yes. there's no way I can't have my like pharmacy and blog. Like they can't ever come right. on. These lives cannot mesh. Yes. <laughs> never can they meet because I don't want, because I never wanted people to look at me and not take me seriously as right. a pharmacist because of fashion. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. 100%. So, like I, I, I honestly, I kept it secret for so long. And then one of my coworkers found out, like I never told anybody, but they found right. out. Ah! <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's kind of how, but yeah, it was, it was, a, I almost felt like I was living a double life for, a yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now you feel more realigned. You feel like yeah. things have like <laughs> come into full being. Yeah. I feel a little bit more realigned. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Well, I'm going to do some rapid fire questions with you. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. All right. Rapid fire. Are you an extrovert or an introvert? Um, Introvert. I I love talking to people, but I get my energy like when I'm at home. Yeah. Calm, quiet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just chatting with you. I would never have guessed that, but (laughs) get it. (laughs) I love talking to people, but I get my energy like when I get like by myself. Yeah. You need that quiet time. Okay. All right. A perfect afternoon is, um, it would be like 
having a picnic outside with beautiful weather like today, the children playing, not fighting. Someone <laughs> else has provided like for like that, like in asterisk bold underline, not fighting, yes. playing. Yes. I can enjoy my food that was like yeah. catered from somebody. Oh, um, I'm with you, girl. Somebody else <laughs> needs to prepare the food. <laughs> Like, so I can just like enjoy the weather and the sounds. Yes. Like relax a little. Yeah. Yes. Eat good food and with good yes. dessert. Yes. I love that. I love going out to eat just because I want somebody else to, to serve me for a change. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your favorite thing about Fort Worth? Um, I would have to say the people because I yeah. feel like everyone in Fort Worth is really friendly and it's like a, I mean, I guess it's not as big as Dallas, but I feel like it's a big city with a small town feel, you know? Yes, I agree. I agree. All right. And last one, the best thing to come out of COVID thus far. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, this might be a little bit of a long one, but okay. I, guess I would have to say, um, honestly, like everything pausing, like everything coming to a complete screeching yeah. halt. <laughs> made us like really evaluate, reevaluate our lives and like what we were doing, why mm -hmm. we were so busy, like why were we so busy? Like seriously. So yes. we basically like when as things have been restarting, we were really evaluating what we're doing, what we're going to, who we're seeing, like being really intentional about everything. Yes. Because I was just like on that hamster wheel and I didn't yes. even, you know, like you don't I, even realize it. Yeah, all of us were like that. And then now as you know, as things have started up again, it, like it, it was honestly very hard to send my son to in-person school. And he's, he's, it was, it's only been a week and he, he's yeah. loving it, but it's hard. And I don't know, just because we've all been so stuck together and close. And I know like you probably still have been going to work and I go to work every once in a while. My husband goes right. to work every day too. Right. Right. I've been with this, my kids, like this basically seven months. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. The pause has been good. Um, for a lot of us. Yeah. To kind of be intentional. I love that. Okay. Tell our guests where they can find you. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. well, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, everything at style of Sam. So it's all the same. Um, and my blog is styleofsam.com. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you, Sam. It's such a pleasure. Have a lovely day. Oh, you too. <laughs>